to the Bookshop Chronicles. My name is Brandy, and I once ran a bookshop on wheels. Now I run a bookshop with an address in Edmonton, Alberta. This podcast is all about books, the people who love them, and the business side of running an indie bookshop. Today, we are going to talk about how to get the most out of your reading life. I was interviewed for an article a few months ago, and they commented that I am a literary pharmacist prescribing stories for my reading community. I thought that was kind of cute. Um, I don't know how accurate it is that I actually choose the right book all the time. I, I screw up. Of course I do. But the beautiful thing about it is when you listen to what people want, and then you know, oh, this is a great story. I want to share that with you. That is such a beautiful exchange that happens. And it happens in the bookstore every single day. So I completely get why people think that running a bookstore would be just the best job ever. And it is pretty great. I'm not gonna lie. It is a ton of work, as all good things are. But today, instead of talking about running the bookshop, because we will get to that in a future episode, today we're going to talk about how to get the most out of your reading life. So we are going to focus on a few different areas today. Um, I want to talk about the books you choose, the books you gave up on, um, how you choose the books you read, and how to get the most out of that reading experience. Because I think that reading is honestly never just about you sitting with a book, wasting time, hopefully taking something in, and then closing it and being done. It is That sounds like school. <laughs> that sounds like really, really awful. Um, and I want you to get the most out of the time that you spend with that book as possible. So first thing I want to talk about today is reading with expectation. Anytime you choose a book and you sit down with it, wherever it is, maybe you're sitting in your car and you're listening to it. Maybe you are sitting in your favorite chair and you are looking forward to that beautiful relaxation time where you can just say no to the world and say yes to this story and you can just dive into that world. Maybe it is something that you read in snippets as you try and fit that story into your life. Whatever it looks like, it is okay. And please do not compare your reading experience to anybody else's because everybody tries to get stories in in however they can. There is no wrong way to do it. I would say the only wrong thing about it is not doing it. So if you're doing it at all, then it is a win. It is a win, yay for you. So when I'm talking about reading with expectation, I'm talking about a few different things. One is that I want you to choose books that are going to make you a better human. A story that makes you feel better, uh, a topic that is outside of your wheelhouse that really gives you a healthy perspective on somebody else's experience. It means that you are going to be feeling more empathy, wisdom, inspiration, enjoyment. All of that satisfaction comes from something that you choose to read that makes you better. When you walk away from that book and you feel like, huh, I know more about this people group, this part of history, that person's experience, and you're actually willing to embrace that. You're becoming a better person. Readers are just the best. Okay, so I'm thinking that the books you choose 
have a lot to do with reading with expectation. So expect when you read a book that you are going to be different. You are going to feel different. You're going to see things differently. You're going to be challenged a little bit. Do not only read books that have a character just like you who thinks just like you, because that would be a book you wrote, right? So read a book about somebody else so that you can get a healthier view of the world. Read books for a better you, books about health, fitness, um, eating choices, read cookbooks. Reading cookbooks is so, so good because the stories about the recipes, the history of it, um, even reading the ingredients and, and the process, finding out the beauty of what goes into a recipe, all the things that are required, you can actually understand all of the ingredients in a cookbook. Can I get an amen? Yeah. If you read the back of most of the products that we buy, you cannot understand any of the ingredients because those words are like bonkers words. Those are not even real food. So reading a cookbook does remind you that there is real food and it's a healthy pursuit. So just try it. Um, reading books that have a faith focus, all different levels of spirituality and religion and inspiration that give you a sense of a higher purpose is also really great. Reading books about social injustice, diversity, reading books that are inspirational stories, biographies, business leadership, entrepreneurship, professional development. You guys, there are so many kinds of books that you can read that make you a better human. So when you read with expectation, the first thing is choosing a book that actually gets you out of your comfort zone a little bit, gets you out of your area of expertise, and challenges some of your thoughts or ideas or whatnot. Because the way we get better is not just by always reading stuff that we already agree with, but it's actually about saying, huh, did you know, dot, 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 and then you go, what? I had no idea. And now you know. Once you've read it, you can't unknow it. Yes, of course, you can forget it. But part of reading with expectation is document. So I would suggest that if you are reading something that inspires you, that you are encouraged by, that you write things down. Journal in your books. Yes, I'm saying write in your books. Yes, you heard it here. Highlight in your book. Make notes in the margins. Whatever works for you. Write in a note for yourself somewhere else. Keep a journal of these things. Uh, tell somebody. These are things that are important because this is the next step. So once you've been inspired by something in a book or you felt motivated to take action somehow, whether it's a great quote or a, a task that you should do, whatever it is, if you write it down, that is the next step of actually making it legit in your life. I think this is critical. I remember talking to a lady when I had the book truck out, and she said that she likes to keep a dictionary, a thesaurus, and an atlas nearby because when she reads historical fiction and she's learning about a place, she likes to read in that atlas all about what's going on. She likes to find out, do a little research on the country so she has some context. She has learned so much about the world just by looking up a word she doesn't know, writing down other words that are similar, um, saying the sentence out loud, using some of the other words in the thesaurus to actually make that something that is relatable for her. Her understanding of the world is so, so great. And she admits it takes me a long time to read a book, she said, because I'm studying all the way through it. 
No book is ever just a, I'm just going to casually read this and then toss it aside. She takes every kind of book as an opportunity to improve herself. I am so, so motivated by this idea. And if you're listening to this and you think that that is something you would like to do, I highly recommend it. Does it feel like school? A little bit, but it also makes you feel so much better. Just imagine how great you're going to be at the trivia games. You're going to be a rock star. Okay, and in terms of how to get the most out of your reading life, let's talk about where you get your books. Now, I'm going to have a little bias here. You know me, I'm going to lay it all out there for you. I really feel that where you get your books matters, and it also contributes to your feeling as a reader about that book experience. If you got your book in a really cool place and you have that memory attached to it, you will feel a special way about that book. If that book anonymously was dropped off at your door by some person who's doing deliveries because you added click and collect, eh, you just you just kind of got that book. It was no big deal. But if you get your book from somewhere that you feel good about, you are going to feel extra great about that reading experience. So please support local independent bookstores. Wherever you are in the world, there is a local store nearby. Please go there. Find out if they can get the books that you want if they don't already have them. And if you prefer audiobooks, please, please, please support Libro FM. They are huge about supporting independent bookstores. And every purchase you make from them does not go to the big guys to pad their already full pockets, but instead a portion of every purchase goes towards the independent bookstore of your choice. Because Libro FM is all about the small, independent, community-based bookstores. They are awesome. Awesome, awesome, awesome. They have the same kinds of books as the big guys for their downloadable book service. I'm not going to say the name of it, but you know who they are. So feel good about how you get your books and choose local. Choose something cool, something that makes you feel good so that you know that where you are putting your dollars is contributing to a world that matters to you. These things do not happen by accident. We can say, well, how did it happen? How did these guys become mega? They're taking over everything. It's a monopoly. It's with every choice you make about where your dollar goes. So please support your local independent store, support Libro FM for audiobooks, and if you like to go to the library, please, please make good use of your local library. These are treasure places, people. These are places you go that make a difference. So get to know your local librarian, get to know your local bookseller, get to know Libro <laughs> FM, and that will also add to the value of your reading life because where you get your book does matter. Okay, so let's also talk about how to keep your book choices interesting. I really think that if we always read what everybody else is reading, we are only going to have the same conversations that everybody else is having. Now, you've heard me say this before. I really cannot stand books that are so popular that that's the only thing everybody's talking about. All the book clubs are doing it. All the booktubers are talking about it. It's all over Bookstagram. And are we sick of these books? Yes. So 
do something different. There are literally hundreds of thousands of titles that are not being talked about. So add something new to the conversation. Say, yeah, yeah, okay, you're all talking about blank, but what about this? I just read this book about law and people are gonna say, what? I have never heard about this. Tell me more. Because you are now adding a fresh take on the book conversation. You are a fresh thinker, an innovator, an out-of-the-box reader, somebody who's making their eyebrows go up because, oh, look at you. You're so smart adding something new to the table. Yes, you are, you rock star. You just go. I like to read books that make me feel something. Sometimes that feeling is anger, frustration, uh, all the things, right, that you just, that well up inside you because when you're reading something, it is not just a eh, whatever kind of apathetic experience, but it actually demands an emotional response. So for me, I like a book. Of course, it's going to make me cry. Yes, that is one of my favorite feels. But a book that challenges the way I think, a book that makes me reconsider somebody else's perspective as being more valid than my own because their experience all of a sudden now gives them way more credibility. This is important. In this past year, we have learned the value of books by other cultures as critical to the book conversation. We are now actively choosing books written and about people of color, stories of indigenous and queer perspectives. We are choosing books that make our view of the world much richer. I love this. I love that we are no longer just saying, I only want to read books about people like me and we're keeping the box small. We are blowing the ceiling off what we're willing to take in in our reading lives and we are becoming so much richer, you guys. This is so valuable because I think the future is going to demand that we add more stories, more perspectives, and a challenging idea of what you thought you knew versus what actually is to the conversation. This is where policies change. This is where relationships get richer. This is where our empathy for one another actually demands more human response. So I am so excited about this. And I love that in our store, we're regularly filling our shelves with stories that are diverse and different and they are selling out. So when somebody comes in, we don't often have as many because we just sold them all. <laughs> this is great. As readers, you guys are really, really stepping up. I just love this. And another way that we add value to our reading lives is by talking about what we're reading. You and I both know, if you are listening to this, you are very curious about the book conversation, what people are reading, what things they like, what things they don't, just the idea of sharing your opinions and ideas of stories and about other people's narrative perspectives is so satisfying. Book clubs are not new, y'all. These are old ideas because we want to sit together. We want to talk about books. We want to get other people's perspectives so we can say, huh, you know what? Now that you say that, I've never thought about that. I will have to rethink how I see that book because I like the way you're talking. That makes it so much clearer to me. Thank you for your perspective. We make each other better. 
So getting together in a book club means we are willing to share our opinions and ideas because remember, the book does not care what you think of it. So neither should we be so worried about our opinions. There is no wrong opinion. There is no wrong idea about a book, but let's be challenged about the way we thought we saw a book because somebody else might give us a much better idea of how to interpret it. People and books together are the best combination. You know I love this. That's why you're here. That's why you and I are having this conversation. I mean, okay, so it's kind of a one-sided conversation because I'm the only one doing the talking, but you know, whatever. It's a podcast. Okay, so the other thing that I want to talk about is in terms of talking about what you're reading, if you are not currently in a book club of some kind, I know that the world is wonky pants and we're only doing Zoom meetings and that kind of sucks, but find some way to have a book club community, whether it's people that you talk on, on Zoom with or that you meet in a park or however it is that you can safely meet and gather. Maybe you talk on the phone, maybe you, I don't know how you do it, but Find a book community so you can talk and share your ideas and make each other better readers for the world. This is so important, you guys. Reading a book is a private, isolating kind of experience, right? I mean, you've heard me say this before. When you sit down with a book, it is just you and the book. That is very personal. It's very intimate. It's very calming and it's all those good things. But when you close the book and you look up with your eyes, it is really fabulous to have somebody there so you can talk with about what you have just read. So please find somebody that when you look up, you can connect with because that is so valuable. In a world that is so distant right now, we are so isolated and there are countless people who are struggling with isolation and loneliness and fear and all these things that COVID and the need to stay home has started within us. Please, please find ways to connect with each other. That not only adds value to your reading life, but it just adds value to a community as a whole. If we are intentionally seeking each other out, I cannot stress enough how important that is. Because as much as I love our time together, I would probably love it even more if I could look you in the eye and we could have drinks together while we talk. Because how amazing would that be? That would be so great. Okay, so let us talk now about books that I have broken up with recently. Because adding value to my reading life often means saying no to things that I do not consider valuable anymore. I'm okay with this. I do not have to be somebody who finishes a book just because I started it. So let me give you a little bit of insight into my dating book life. Now, I'm not dating. I'm happily married. But when it comes to books I choose and what I will choose to stick with, I think of it in terms of dating. If you go on a date with somebody and it is very clear that this is not a match. Do you keep dating them? No. If you start a book and it's very clear this is not a good match for you, do you keep reading it? No. So this is my theory. I do not feel obligated. That book has me under absolutely no relationship that I have to be bound to. So I'm done. If it is not serving my reading needs, I'm out of there, y'all. I am out of there. So here are the books I have broken up with recently. Ninth House 
by Lee Bardugo. I really wanted to like this. I really did. I like Lee Bardugo's writing and I like her her storytelling style. It's really fresh. However, what the heck was this book? I got about, I don't know, 65% maybe into this book. I had no idea what the heck I was I was reading. It was it was a fantasy whodunit, if you will, that is set in the universities of like the patriarchal systems of all of the clubs and the things. And you know what? There was so much going on. And she was trying to tell so many different little stories that I got confused about what the actual story was. And then, you know what? I just did not care. I was so done. I didn't like any of the characters. The main character was supposed to be the strong female who had special talents and powers. And, you know, I didn't like her at all. I didn't like anybody. So I just broke up with that book hardcore. Done. Closed it. Moved on. All right. Another book that I broke up with on audio was Eating Animals by Jonathan Safran Foer. Now, I'm reading it as a paper book because I found that the listening to this was not doing it for me. Quite often, I will break up with a book because the medium in which I'm choosing to take it in is not suiting the story. And I thought that this book as an audiobook was just not cutting. I needed to see the text on paper to get the full impact. And I love the idea of reading about where our food comes from and what the animal consumption culture has looked like over time and what it has done to our world and all that. This is fascinating to me. So I really want to take it in, but I did not want to listen to it. So I broke up with the audiobook. I am still reading it as a paper book and it is just fine. So I will continue as a paper book. All right. Another book that I broke up with was A Darker Shade of Magic by V.E. Schwab. Uh, Okay, wait, don't turn me off yet. I know, I know you're upset now that I've just said that about a V.E. Schwab book. Bear with me. Hold on a second. This is a fantasy book. And I was also listening to this on audio. It did not translate for me as an audio book. You know, in fantasy books, they usually take the first book in a series and they have to set the stage. They have to tell you about the world and all the backstory so they can really get into the tale. I could not focus on it. It did not seem to resonate with me as an audiobook. So I put aside, but I will pick this up as a paper book. I guarantee it. I am intrigued enough by her and this story that I do want to read it. I just did not like it as an audiobook. Okay. Uh, Another book that I broke up with was Uglies by Scott Westerfeld. This is book one in the YA Uglies series. And I just really resented the premise of this book. (laughs) Um, Maybe it hit me on a lot of areas that I was triggered by. But honestly, this was not for me. So this is a book that is dystopian. And the whole premise of it is there is an operation that ugly people can get that will turn them into beautiful people. Because in the future, why should anybody have to be ugly? Why should we have to stand next to an ugly person if we can be next to a beautiful person? Okay, this messed me up. I did not like this idea at all. It was not intriguing to me. And I did not want to give it my time. I know a lot of people have loved this series and it was very cool for them. This is not for me. My whole idea of beauty and self-worth and people's values and how they see themselves 
is so, so special. I cannot mess with it by entertaining it with this kind of a story. So no, I had to break up with this book hardcore. No, no hesitation there whatsoever. Another book that I broke up with was The Road by Cormac McCarthy. Are you kind of seeing a theme here? I am really not down for these dark books that make me feel bad. (laughs) This book just did not make me feel good at all. And I'm okay with a book that makes me feel bad if it's making me better. But this book didn't challenge any good things for me. I did not enjoy the reading of it at all. And so I knew probably about a quarter of the way in that we were done right? I do not have to go on all the dates. I can go on one, maybe one and a half dates, and I know we are done. I broke up with this book right away. I was not going to waste my time. Did you love it? Good for you. Wasn't for me. Okay, the next book that I broke up with was called The Bear and the Nightingale by Catherine Arden. This is another one. I really wanted to like it. I heard good things about it and the cover was just so pretty. Um, It just wasn't for me though. It was a Russian fantasy fable and I liked the idea of it, but also I think the story was getting a little messy and I was starting to lose track of what I was supposed to be championing in this book. And And then I just didn't care. My life got a little bit busy outside of it. And I just could not give it the brain power that I felt it required at the time. So no, not for me. Are you starting to pick up on the fact that many of the books that I am breaking up with are dark, maybe fantasy? (laughs) Maybe this is just not a genre I should even try. Like if I know that there's a certain guy I would not date, really would I continue (laughs) to date people who are similar? No. So Okay, I'm I'm learning also about my own reading life as I really consider the books I've broken up with and why I chose to stop reading them. If I'm constantly assessing my own reading life, then I'm on the way to choosing better books. Because part of knowing who you won't date is a really good indicator of who is better suited for you. You are more likely to choose a much better partner if you know what you won't date, right? So this is the same for books. All right, so which books am I currently dating right now? All right, what I'm reading right now is, well, as I mentioned, Eating Animals by Jonathan Safran Foer. I'm also reading Emily of New Moon, which is the first book in the Emily trilogy by L.M. Montgomery. It is a lesser known series um, because Anna Green Gables tends to get pretty much all of the focus. But Ella Montgomery has written so many beautiful stories. And Emily of New Moon is a wonderful story. It makes me feel so good to read the way she puts a story together. She gives honor and credit to so many standout characters. And I just, I love her. I love her descriptions of things. It makes me see things better. And I love her writing style. So Emily of New Moon by Ella Montgomery awesome. This is not the first time I've read it, but awesome. Uh, I'm also reading The Age of Innocence, which is our buddy read for the bookstore. Age of Innocence by Edith Wharton. I am about 90% done this book, I guess. And it is an older book. It is a slower burn of a book. It's not fast, adrenaline-paced, modern, you know, domestic thriller type reading, but it is a wonderfully written story. 
It is a book set in early 1900s New York, and it is from the perspective of a gentleman named Newland Archer, who is now newly married, and however, he is in love with somebody who is his wife's cousin, and this cousin has some radical ideas of the world, and she's got a more independent way of thinking, and she's creative, and she's outspoken, and she's left her husband, so she's scandalous. And he is wooed by her because she does not fit the mold of meek, docile, do what is socially expected, follow all the rules, and be crazy boring kind of woman. I mean, Amen, brother. Yes. So he is now being challenged in all those ideas of how he sees the world and what he wants because she is motivating him to think bigger than the expectations that have been laid out for him. However, I am finding myself very challenged with the idea that I am enjoying the story and I kind of want them to get together, but he is married. I do not like the idea of cheering for somebody to cheat on their spouse. His spouse is not awful. She is not beating him or abusing him in any way. She's not a mean character. There's no sense of justice if he seeks somebody else. It's it's very hard for me to have two minds about this where I like the story, but I don't want to cheer for him to have an affair. So I'm kind of all over the place about that. But I'm almost done. I will let you know what I think when I'm finished. Uh, and I have just started The Divine Secrets of the Yaya Sisterhood by Rebecca Wells. This is going to be a feel-good book. You guys, I need a feel-good book. You know? Sometimes you want that book that just warms you from the inside out and just makes you happy. And I, I'm pretty sure I read this like 100 years ago, but... I've, I want to get back to it. And somebody talked recently about how this is a book she is buying for all of her friends because it is the one book that everybody loves and is happy, happy, happy was how she put it. She said, and I want to stress, happy, happy, happy is one word, <laughs> which I thought was so cute. Um, and I really feel like right now I need a happy, happy, happy book. So a book about women who are friends, who all have unique characters and who stand up for each other when things are hard and who are there for each other and all the quirky, funny ways that only women can be for each other. I just love those kinds of stories. So I am so down for that. Bring me all the happy, happy, happy. Divine Secrets of the Yaya Sisterhood by Rebecca Wells. I will let you know my thoughts when I finish it. Okay, you guys, that's it. Thank you so much for joining me for this edition of the Bookshop Chronicles and for having a conversation with me about how we can add value to our reading lives by doing things a little differently, being intentional, and expecting more from our reading life. It should never be boring, right? It should just never be boring. Books are awesome. So please go out, get your books locally, support the independent bookstores where you are, and make your life extraordinary, you guys. Every book that you choose could be your next 
favorite read. So be intentional about your reading life. Talk to people about them. Have your ideas be challenged. Make this a really rich hobby. This does not have to be something that we say is only for a certain type of person. No, 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 no. I reject that openly. Readers are everybody. They are big thinkers. They are dreamers. They are romantics. They're inspirational. They are fantasy. They're all the things. So be readers who are all the things. Dip into other reading pools. Try other genres. Step out of your comfort zone and just discover something that is amazing that you did not know was waiting for you. Backlist is also where it's at, right? I mean, you've heard me say this before. The books that have been on the shelves for a long time or waiting for you could be the best ones yet. Just because it's new and flashy does not mean it's best. It just means it's new and flashy. So please read with intention. If you like this podcast, please read it, review it, tell people about it, share about it on your social media, because the more people who tune in, the more it shows up in searches. That's how the algorithm works. So if people are responding to it more regularly, then other people can find it more easily. So let's make our community grow, you guys. This is such a fun community, and I'm so grateful for all of you. So friends, remember, no matter how you serve the world, shine a light of humor, kindness, and compassion in everything you do. Be relevant, be generous, be unforgettable. And may your reading life be extraordinary. I also love that somebody said to me, every time I say that at the end of a podcast, they say it along with me. (laughs) You guys, how adorable is that? There may actually be some really fun uh, podcast swag in relation to that that's coming up, but you know, just stay tuned. Talk to you soon, friends. Bye.